good morning, River in the Hills. My name's Derek. I think everybody here knows me, right? Is there anybody in here that doesn't really know who I am? Good, okay. I'm Derek. I do sound. I kind of help here during the week, and I have the privilege of delivering you guys uh, truth today, and my heart's really burning with love for you all. Um, when the Lord gives you a word and it burns in your heart, he, his word comes with his heart because his heart is his word. And so uh, I'm really excited. I'm really expecting. Who heard Rachel's teaching last Sunday? Wasn't it awesome? Rachel, that was awesome. I was so touched. And I come, I'm coming expectant today on behalf of y'all and, and for myself. I want to encounter the Lord afresh today. I want him. Whether I'm up here, whether I'm back there, whether I'm sitting with y'all, I need a fresh touch from God. And uh, that's what we're going to go into today, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, so as I was preparing, July, today's July 7th, and uh, so I, I just happened to look up uh, what number of day today was, and it's actually the 188th day of the year. And so we're going to put up a graphic here, and we're going to go through this together, and hopefully it makes sense. So today's the 188th day of the year, and it actually means there's 177 days left of the year. And Psalm 90 verse 12 says, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. And uh, did everybody get one of these? What I felt from the Lord with this is... um, JC times, we know that New York times, right? So like NY times, this is Jesus Christ times. <laughs> extra, extra, read all about him. <laughs> and uh, the Lord posed me a question, and usually a question comes with an answer, and the question was, what time is it? I said, okay, Lord, what time is it? Because we all run on clocks, we run on calendars, and uh, but I felt like he was really like, what is, what is heaven declaring? What time is it according to heaven's timeline, according to heaven's decree to the earth? And as you can read here, there's a time for war. And we're going to get into that. It's the time to choose wisdom. And we're going to get into that today. And it's the hour of Jesus Christ, which means it's the hour of the revelation. It's the hour for Jesus to fully reveal himself in us. Because the earth is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. Isn't that intense? And the way that we're revealed is we're revealed in him. We're revealed in the revelation of Jesus. And um, I put here on the bottom, we have heard the report from the host of heaven. It's being broadcasted throughout the whole earth by the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to Go ahead and every Monday we've been, uh, it's really exciting. Every Monday for the past month, there's been a group of us that have been reading through the Psalms just for an hour straight, reading through the Psalms and had some music in the background. So Paul and I, Paul's up here with me and we're going to read Psalm 45 over you and, and, uh, seeing it as well. And, and then I believe the Lord's going to come. And when Jesus spoke a phrase to me this week, he said, when I come, I bring all my friends with me. And who wants to be a friend of Jesus? <laughs> I want to be a friend. John 17, 24. Oh, it's, sorry, let's go through this real quick before we go through that. So the 188th day of the year, we have 177 days left. The next slide. The 188th 
Greek Strong's word is at this point in time. Okay. Check this out. It's awesome. 188th Hebrew Strong's word is woe. Not so awesome sometimes. 177th Greek Strong's word is desire. Whew. And the 177th Hebrew Strong's word is unveiled, revealed, and uncovered. So we put these together and we get a prophecy that I believe the Lord is speaking to us today. At this point in time on July 7th, take warning. And this is a tender warning. It's not a like bashing warning. It's I, he told me this, take warning, my son. Jesus's desire for you has been revealed and uncovered. There's no question how much Jesus desires us. There's no question in our mind. There's no question. We have to become convinced of his desire for us. In John 17, verse 24, Jesus prayed a prayer to the Father. He said, Father, I desire that those whom you've given me, that they would be with me where I am, and that they would behold me in my glory. Who wants to see the glory of Jesus? Who believes they have access to the glory of Jesus? We've been given access by the blood. We've been given access by the broken body of Jesus. He's torn the veil. We can now behold him in his glory. So let's do that together. Mm. heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips, Jesus. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. sword upon your thigh, O mighty one, with your glory and your majesty, and in your majesty ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, and the peoples fall under you.
God is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. All your garments are scented with myrrh and alloys and cassia, out of the ivory palaces by which they have made you glad. King's daughters are among your honorable women. At your right hand stands the queen in gold from Ephur. Listen, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget your own people also and your father's house. So the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord. Worship him. among the people will seek your favor. The royal daughter is all glorious within the palace. Her clothing is woven with gold. She shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. The virgins, her companions who follow her, shall be brought to you. With gladness and rejoicing they shall be brought. They shall enter the king's palace. we worship you this morning we receive your grace we receive your grace to love you rightly we receive your grace to put off the hats that aren't supposed to be on and we receive grace to put on the garments that we're to wear so that you can desire our beauty we long for you Lord to desire our beauty we want to look like you we want to sound like you. We want to reflect you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless God. Whew, man, I'm telling you, he's awesome. We're going to go ahead and put the, the next thing on up here, and we're going to read this together, and then I'll get into my message. Thank you, Paul. Give Paul a hand. Isn't he beautiful? He is beautiful. You know, just to share a quick little thing, uh, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Paul. Um, my wife and I and our children wouldn't be at this place if it wasn't for Paul. We were living in Blanco, and I was a director at Chick-fil-A, and, and Paul invited us. He said, you'll love the place. They got IHOP, they got the prayer room, and it's got the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. <laughs> and, uh, and I just, you know, I've fallen in love with the leaders here. Glenn, if you're watching, I love you. Nate. 
the Cashtons, and actually my mom's watching, my brother's watching, and Kyle, you're amazing. Wow, Brooke, Grace, wherever you're at, if she's here, she's not. But we have an amazing team here, guys. It's really, we, I mean, we have y'all, you're a part of the team, you are. You really are. We can't do this without you. We can't do this without each other. We really can't. We really need each other more than you can imagine. And um, so I bless you guys. Let's go ahead and read this together. This is awesome. <laughs> okay, we'll start on Daystar. Ready? Daystar of the morning, dawn before our eyes. Rise that we might see your face, prince of paradise. Clothe yourself in splendor. Clothe yourself in might. Trail supernal righteousness, quintessence of all light. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to be starting in Genesis 24 today. Nate just texted me, love you too. <laughs> cool. Awesome. <laughs> so Genesis 24, um, we're going to start there. And it's the story of Abraham, Eleazar, Isaac, and Rebekah. And uh, Abraham, at an old age, um, was really blessed by the Lord. And Abraham had said to his oldest servant, which the scripture doesn't say Eleazar, but a lot of people believe that it was Eleazar. So I'm going to use his name. And Eleazar was the oldest servant who had, he had rule over all of Abraham's possessions. And um, Abraham, he was getting old in age and he, he wanted to send uh, to get his son a wife. And so he, he vows with, he, he, he makes Eleazar vow to him that he will leave the country because he's dwelling in the country of the Canaanites and he didn't want a Canaanite to marry Isaac. He wanted one of his father's house, of his family. So he sent Eleazar to go find a wife. And it's a beautiful story. Uh, man, it's such a beautiful, as I was meditating on it, it was just like, Lord, this is so awesome. And... Uh, the story goes, and, and what I really want to highlight, there's a lot to look at here, but what I really want to highlight is, is this, the faith of Abraham, but also the humility and the, the beauty of Rebecca, her posture towards Isaac, without really had ever seeing him. She had never met him. She didn't know who he was. She was just going on a word that Abraham gave to Eleazar, and Eleazar is a messenger going, hey, I have a word of the Lord. His whole family's convinced that it's true, and they give her off. But it's, I love this because in Genesis uh, 24, and it's verse, um, let me find it here. Fifty-eight. And uh, right before that, they agree that Rebecca was going to go back with Eleazar, but here they, they wanted her to stay. Her brother and her mother wanted her to stay 10 more days. But Eleazar refused. He said, no, I feel like the Lord has prospered what I came for. Can you please just send me back? And here, I love this. It says, and they said, well, let's ask Rebecca. Let's see if she wants to go. And so they say, okay, call Rebecca. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go on a word. On one word. And it wasn't even a word that she received for herself. But she believed it. And she said, I will go. Think of that. The faith of Rebecca. The humility of Rebecca. Before this, we know that she, drew, she was drawing water. And that's how her and Eleazar met. Eleazar had a prayer in his heart. And he said, 
he was praying to God. He said, God of my, my master Abraham, if the woman that I go and I ask to draw water, if she draws water for my camels also, let this be the woman for my master Isaac. And that's exactly what happened. Rebecca came, he asked her for water and she also gave his camels water and then they invited him into their house and this whole scenario plays out. But I love where here it goes on. So Rebecca says, I will go which is just wild to me. And even, even Abraham, he sends, he sends Eleazar with a vow saying, you know what, if you end up not finding a wife for my son, then you'll be free of the vow. So he was on faith as well. He's like, I don't know for sure if it's going to happen, but there is faith. He's like, an, but then he says, an angel of the Lord will go before you to prepare the way and you will prosper. I mean, it's, it's just crazy to me. And I feel like that's what's happening in our hour. We go back to what time is it? It's a time for war. It's a time to choose wisdom. It's the hour of Jesus Christ. Just keep that in the back of your mind as we go through this together. So then Rebecca and her maids, verse 26, uh, 61, arose and they rode on the camels and followed the man. Followed the man. They just followed the man. <laughs> so yeah, we trust him. So the servant took Rebecca and departed. Now Isaac came from the way of Beor Lahia Roi, for he dwelt in the south. I tried to say that the best I could. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field. I love this scene. This is an awesome scene. So Isaac goes out to meditate in the field in the evening and he lifted his eyes. Just picture this. He lifts his eyes and he looked and there he saw the camels coming. So he didn't even see Rebecca yet. He just sees the camels. But then Rebecca lifted her eyes. Look at this. Verse 64. Then Rebecca lifted her eyes and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel for she said, to the servant, who is that man walking in the field? Who is he? I want to propose to you that I think she saw something in Isaac. Her heart was stirring when she saw him. She knew what she was going for. She knew that she was going to be given over to Abraham's son as a wife. And she sees Isaac and she says, who's that man in the field? Her eyes locked on him. Amen. And that's what we're really going to today is we're going to lock our eyes on Jesus. Because that's what this is about. This is a story of a reflection of Jesus and us. So think about you as we go through the rest of this. Think about you and the Lord himself. You and the Lord. It's awesome. Verse 65, for she said, the servant, who is this man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, it is my master. So she took a veil and covered herself. Uncovered. We're, we're uncovering things today. We're unveiling things today here it says that Rebecca veiled herself but it was when she went in to be consummated with Isaac she was then unveiled I'm telling you what time is it it's time for war unto a wedding it's time for war unto a wedding because we know that before the coming of the Lord there's gonna be a war and I'm telling you we're in the war now we're in the war now the greatest war is on every desire of your heart, on your mind. The Bible says that we, ex we, we exalt, we bring low every thought and hold it captive to the obedience of Christ. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we tear it down. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that is the greatest war. If you can conquer your heart that is decept deceptive above all things, we know that's what scripture says. Your heart is deceptive. We must be led by the Spirit of God. 
and he will fulfill the desires of our heart according to his will, his ways, and his word. I know this is going to get intense, guys. I just want to prepare your heart. It was intense for me. I want to tell you, it burned me on the inside. Because when you get close to the flame of God's heart, it begins to burn. And it hurts a little. But though he wounds you, he will heal you. What I love about this story, too, is that Eleazar came with gifts. Twice it shows in in chapter 24 that he gave gifts. First, when at, the, at the water well, he gave two nose rings and, and two neck uh, bracelets. And then when his family agreed to the whole situation, then he lavished her, her, her and their whole family in gifts. Isn't that awesome? Okay, let's go ahead and go to Song of Solomon. Whoo, Song of Solomon. <laughs> This is one of my favorite books in the Bible. It is a great book. It will mess your face up and make you look more like Jesus. <laughs> it really does. Oh, man. We're family here, right, guys? We're family. Do you all, do you all trust me? Do you all trust the Lord? Good. Okay. Do you trust the Lord in me? Okay. Good, good, good. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So Song of Solomon, whoo, man, okay. Song of Solomon starts with, let him kiss me with the kisses of his word. For your love is better than wine. Your name is ointment poured forth. And I'm just highlighting specific phrases in verse three and four. And then it says, draw me away. And then the daughters of Jerusalem say, we will run after you. What does that remind you of? Rebecca, I will go. We will run after you. So in the beginning here, they hear about this man. And again, we're thinking about your relationship right now with Jesus. In the context of we know that it's a Shulamite woman with Solomon, but we're talking about you and Jesus right now. And then it goes on. She, she sees his love and then says, I'm not worthy of your love. I'm dark, but lovely. So she's captivated by his love, by his words, by his fragrance the fragrance of Christ. And then she says, but I'm not worthy. What love is this? What love is this that I have found? I'm not worthy of it. I'm too dark. I'm, I'm a mess. I don't have my life together. I can't even, I can't even pay my bills. I can't do these, all these things that get us behind from actually just looking at him and saying, I will go no matter my situation. On a word, Lord, one word, I will go. And I will run after you so that I can find you. Behold, you are fair, my love. This is Jesus telling you guys today. Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. You have dove's eyes. You have dove's eyes. It means you're focused on him and him alone. He is your first love, your only love, the one and only true love. I have a wife, but I can tell you, I love Jesus oh, way more. And he loves me way more than she ever could. But because we put him first, we can love each other rightly. But I put him, it's not, it's not my children, my wife, God. It's my children, my wife, and infinitely above that I can't even reach from my hand, God. <laughs> 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 
Jesus. Chapter 2, he brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. His banner over us is love. Then he goes on and the Shulamite woman, she's, she's a mess. <laughs> she's a mess and, and Jesus just keeps wooing, wooing us. He keeps wooing us. We're a mess. He keeps wooing us. Never gives up. He's very, very persistent with his pursuit. He pursues us relentlessly, 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 and doesn't stop until he has all of us, until he has all of us. And I'm telling you, by the end of our service, if you could just give him one more thing, you have a lot to offer him. You really do. You really do. Your love, he died for. He died for a chance for you to turn your attention towards him and love him with everything you have. So if you could give him one thing, one thing today, one thing tomorrow, just one thing, one step at a time, one day at a time. He's with you every step. <laughs> and he's wooing us. He's wooing us into this place, in the secret places of the cliff. Let me set your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. So she's a mess and she says, I still want to see your face. You're too lovely to me. I know that I'm a mess, but I, there's this ah, burning in me. I got to have you. I got to have you. My beloved is mine and I am his. She's getting it. She's getting it. My beloved is mine and I am his. You belong to Jesus. Say, I belong to Jesus. <laughs> I belong to Jesus. Whew. <sighs> In chapter 3, she sees Jesus. <laughs> we see him. Who is this coming out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke perfumed with myrrh and frankincense with all merchants' fragrance powders? She sees him coming out of the wilderness. She sees him. And her heart's beginning to burn. Burn with something that is unquenchable, which we're going to get to here in chapter 8. <sighs> and Jesus Coming out of the wilderness, he sees us and he tells us, behold, you are fair, my love. You are fair, my love. Hear him telling you that today. You are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. And have dove's eyes behind your veil. Behind your veil. We're going to lift the veil. Here we go. This is we're going to put up on the screen Chapter 5, verse 4. This is intense. My beloved put his hand by the latch of the door. And my heart yearned for him. Verse 5. I rose to open for my beloved and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the lock. And verse 6. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and was gone. My heart leaped up when he spoke. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. So after this moment in chapter 5, she goes searching for him in the streets. She says, have you seen my beloved? I'm lovesick. I've got to have him. I am burning with fiery jealousy love for him. 
You know, one of names God, God's names is Jealous Jealous. He's jealous for us. He burns with desire for you. Do you feel it? He burns. I can see it. I can see you guys through his eyes right now. It's a grace on me to deliver this truth. To see you the way he sees you. And oh, what a pleasure it is to see each other the way he sees us. Sons and daughters. Kings and priests. Royalty in the palace of the king. King Jesus. He's our king. And he's our Lord. And he's our lover. And he desires us with a holy passion. Amen. Can I get it? Amen. <sighs> Hallelujah. Come on. Okay. <sighs> I want you guys to feel this the way I've been feeling it. So if I get a little loud, that's all it is. It's really loud in my heart. I'm actually trying to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> because <laughs> you should see me in my prayer closet. <laughs> Ask her. <laughs> couple of the other people may know here too. <laughs> oh, man, but I tell you what God shouts in your closet or whispers to you in your closet, he wants you to shout at the mountaintops so all can hear. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. I am lovesick. Where is he? I have to find him. I will go like Rebecca, like the daughters of Jerusalem. I will run after him. With everything I have inside of me. And nothing will get in the way. Nothing. No man. No principality. Nothing will get in the way of me being captivated by the love of God. It's the Ephesians 3 pair that we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Surpasses knowledge. Takes you into an experiential realm. It surpasses knowledge. You cannot comprehend it. His love is sweeter than wine. Song of Solomon 8. It says here, Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, and jealousy as cruel as the grave. His flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. Feel that. Do you feel the vehement flame of his love burning on the inside, refining you, cleansing you, making you new, making you more like him? But you got to get in the flame. Get in the flame. Lean into the flame of his love. It's the most vehement flame. That means it's violent. It wages war. His love is an act of war. What was the cross? It was an act of war. It says that I came to defeat the works of the devil and to destroy sin and to set you free. I'm going to speak a phrase he told me before coming. He told me, demons are going to flee and people are going to be set free. Isn't that cool? Because our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and rulers of darkness. And you're a child of light. Shine. Shine with the glory, because you're glorious. You're royalty. You have a robe of righteousness on. You have a crown of glory, my friend. In Song of Solomon, there's a point in it. I love it. 
Jesus sees us, or Solomon sees the Shulamite woman, and he looks at her from the toes to the head. There comes a point where she's dressed. And you know what she's dressed with? His garment. It's his sandals. He begins to go up from head to toe. Sandals. All the way to the head, and he sees, wow, she's wearing my clothes. She's wearing my garments. She looks like me. And then there comes a time where the Shulamite woman, she wants to arise in the night. She wants to arise in the morning and say, let's go to the field. Who's that man in the field? I'm going to go find him. I will go. And I'm going to go until I get all of him. Let's arise in the morning, my love, and let's go out together. And let's love. Let's love. Let's share this love we have with one another. Let's go out to the field and share it. Let's turn to Revelation, I'm sorry, Matthew 22. We're going to get to Revelation, so that was just a little, maybe uh, preparing you for that. Revelation, but Matthew 22, it's a parable of the wedding. Now remember in the Song of Solomon, he puts his hand on the, the door latch and she opens So we're going to get to that, and that'll make sense right now. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways onto his own farm, and another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murders, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in, when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. Say, I'm not that man. (laughs) I'm not that man. (laughs) So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. Say, I am chosen. I am chosen by the king. Revelation 3. Let's go there together. Yeah, we're doing good. Revelation 3. Revelation 3. Wow. Now, this may sting a little bit, but don't worry. It stung me first. Jesus said that if they, you go out and the world hates you, don't worry. They hated me first. So it's going to sting, but it did sting me first. Okay. <laughs> Some of y'all got that. Thanks. Revelation 3, (laughs) verse 14. Right, let me make sure that we're right there. Um, Oh, I see why I'm not in Revelation. I was in 1 John. Okay. All right. So, verse 14, that's right. Now, we know this very well. It's used a lot. 
But really hear this today it's, it's a fresh, as a fresh word for, for all of us and sober. So just sober us. Because I'm telling you, it's time for war unto a wedding. It's time to choose wisdom unto a wardrobe. We need our closets to be filled. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need our closets to be filled. We need our closets to be filled. With what? With garments. So that when we show up to the wedding, we're dressed. And Jesus wants to dress us with himself. Clothe yourself with Christ. Clothe yourself with Christ. He is your garment. Robe yourself with righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's all about him. You know that there's a scripture, I think it's in 2 Corinthians verse, I think it's, uh, it's chapter 2 verse 30 or something. Kyle would probably reference that better. But it says that Christ is the very wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. Now we know there's a spirit of wisdom in Revelation, but Christ himself is the wisdom of God. He's everything. He's everything. When you get him, you get everything. You get all the gifts. You get all, all his friends. He comes. <laughs> when you get him, you get him all. You get it all. Everything. He's everything. He's everything. Oh, he's everything. We cannot move on from he's everything. He's everything. It's inexhaustible that he's everything. Everything. Feel that, that he's everything. Verse 14 of chapter 3, the book of Revelation. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginnings of the creation of God. I know your works that you are neither. Now, when I hear Jesus saying this, he is so gentle. I so kind. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish, I could wish you were hot or cold. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Check this out. Verse 18. This is where I wanted to get. I know that those, those first verses are pretty, ah. But verse 18 is beautiful. I counsel you. So he's counseling us. He's actually counseling us. He's the best counselor. I counsel you to buy from me, buy from me gold. And we're not going to go into depth in this, but because I'm just making a point here. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. And white garments, buy from him white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand. Check this out. Behold, I stand at the door. This is to a church. These are two believers. This isn't a salvation decree. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, get this, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Who are we to this king? That's my question. What time is it? Who are we? What's happening? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. Don't you want to know? 
in fullness. Whoa. When you start to search him, you will find him. When you knock, the door will be opened. And he's on the other side just waiting, waiting for you to open the door. Revelation 19, 6 through 13. Worship team, if you'd like to get ready and come up. Revelation 19, verse 6 through 13. Now remember what I shared in the beginning. Rebecca, I will go. The daughters of Jerusalem, I will run after him. The Shulamite woman, I can feel his hand upon the latch of my heart. I can feel his hand upon the latch of my heart. I can feel his hand on the latch of my heart. There's a proverb that says that, that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he directs it where he pleases. He directs it where he pleases. Revelation 19 verse 6 says, And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of a mighty thundering saying, Alleluia! For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage supper of the Lamb has come. And his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed with fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. You want to fill your closet with righteous acts. Fill your closet with righteous acts. It was accounted to Abraham as righteousness. His faith accounted to him as righteousness. Fight the good fight of faith. That's the warrior in. Fight the good fight. War until you conquer all your enemies, wrestle with the bears, cut off the heads of giants, go after the lions and slay them until you found victory in the king because he's your victory. Then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are called. Say, I am called. I am chosen. <sighs> blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. This is an angel. He said, don't worship me, bro. I am of the brethren and I have the testimony of Jesus. I have the revelation of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony or the revelation of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So now I saw a heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, say this with me, he judges and makes war. He judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. If you don't get anything from me tonight, guys, I want you to leave with a hunger for the Word of God such a hunger that you're consumed until you have it all, have all of him. If you don't get anything from me this morning, I pray you leave with a holy hunger. Whether you've been serving the Lord for 50 years, 30 years, two days, that you leave with a fresh hunger because God is no respecter of person. He wants us all to have a holy hunger and be persistent in our pursuit and say, I will go. I will come after you, Jesus. 
I'm going to come searching till I find you. Where are you, Jesus? I want to see. I want to know. I want to perceive and comprehend the depths of your love, the heights of your love, that we would know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, the heights, the lengths, the depths, and the widths. What does it say after this? The most interesting end of that prayer, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Who gets filled? The hungry. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Let's get hungry, guys. Tie it in with Rachel's word last week, expectant, expectancy, to being expectant. Raise your expectancy. Raise your hunger. Stir up your holy faith on the inside and come after the Lord. Not fleshly, not soul, but in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's with us. The Holy Spirit is in our midst. Jesus is here. He's with us. I love river in the hills. You all are amazing. I have grown so much. I've been here for a year and since last April, so you can do the math. Paul, do the math for me. I've been here since last April and I have grown so much. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, Glenn and Nate and Rachel. I, every time I pass her on the street, I honk at her. And she's like, I know it's Derek. <laughs> so that was my honk. Rachel, honk, honk. We're going to pass out. <laughs> we're going to pass out. The, we're gonna, our response today is passing out communion. And we're going to take communion together. And it's on this basis. Jesus said, actually, when he had his last supper, that he will not drink of the fruit of the vine until he comes again, until the next wedding. His flesh is food indeed, and his blood is drink indeed. So go ahead and start coming up and getting the elements as I read Isaiah 61, verse 10 and 11 over you. Just keep your heart right before him. Fix your eyes on him. As you go back to your seat with the elements, just get into that place. If you don't know how to get there, this is a good time to learn. Get into that place with him. Get into that place with him. Look at him. Set your eyes on him. He is your Lord and he is your king. Worship him. What time is it? It's a time for war. Right now, communion is an act of war. The blood of Jesus is so powerful. The broken body is so mighty. It's time to choose wisdom unto a wardrobe. As you take up the body and the blood, declare over yourself that I'm clothed in Christ. It's the hour of Jesus Christ. We can never leave the revelation of the cross, the revelation of the body and the blood. Without it, we're nothing. Without it, we're not saved. Without the resurrection, our faith is worthless. It's the hour of Jesus Christ to be revealed. It's the hour of you as a son and daughter to be revealed in the earth. Arise, my love. 
Arise, my daughters. I could hear him saying it. Arise. Isaiah 61, verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. We're going to go into worship, and I'm not going to lead the body or the blood. I just sense, go into that place. And when you feel the Lord come near to you, then take it. If you feel you need to repent, if you feel like Kyle said, if you need to take off a hat, this is an opportunity for you and the Lord. Lead, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into communion. Allow him to give you revelation of the power of the blood and the broken body. This is between you and him at this moment. So we're gonna worship and just wait upon the Lord. Allow him to come. And when you feel ready, you take communion.
not done quite yet. I am doing awesome on time. Wow. That's a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I feel you. I feel the Lord so tenderly for you guys. Wow. Who, um, this isn't for self-gratification. I just really want to know who who is touched by the Lord? Not by me. Who is touched by the Lord? Who is touched? I, uh, this may be a little vulnerable, but this is for the sake of accountability and uh, vulnerability. If you have a feel of grace to just come up and share, what specifically were you touched by? Just three people, the first three people. Uh, just to give testimony, I just feel that there's power in the testimony. Uh, and it's because we're sharing this together. I could tell you that as I was putting together this, I was touched. It's the word of God. It's not our word. It's his word. We're just vessels. We don't, the word says that no flesh shall glory in his presence. God will not share his glory with another. He gets all the glory in our lives. So thank you, Todd, for coming. I share a little bit of, man, what's just burning in your heart. This has never happened to me uh, before um, this week, but um, in um, in the middle of the night, one night I don't remember which night it was this week, middle of the week. Um, just I remember that um, I remember that I, I was I was coming out of a dream and and as I was coming out I was I was praying in my prayer language and that's the part that's never happened to me before and um, it was like it was like I was moving from that state of like being totally in the dream and moving towards like semi-consciousness like you do in the night and and I had an awareness that I was that I was doing that and I guess it was I guess it was the next morning um, and Sarah was like what was that about <laughs> I said well I was I was I was having a dream having a dream that um, there was someone who was going to meet the king and he was not dressed properly. I promise you. Ask, just, just like you said, ask Elizabeth, you can, have, you can ask Sarah. You can ask Sarah if that's what I said. And um, Sarah's like, Dude, you need to pray about that. <laughs> she said, "What's that mean?" I said, "I don't know. I don't know what it means. I just know, I just know what it was." And she said, "You need to pray. You need to pray about that." And I can't, I can't say this morning that I have like a full revelation of it, but I'll certainly continue to pray into it. And you know, standing in front of you this morning, 
I could be that person. You know, I'm sure I am. I'm sure there are areas of my of my life that 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 God wants to deal with me. I mean, you know, a few couple weeks ago, uh, Sarah and I got crossways with each other, and Sunday morning of all mornings, you know, I I just I was I was mean and nasty to my wife, and after I repented um, and set things right. Even a couple days later, as um, as we were in the car together, I just my heart began to break, and I was like, "I mean, we've been married thirty-seven years, Lord. How can that? How can that ugliness still be inside me?" But you know, any of us, like you said, whether we've been walking with Him fifty years or two days, I mean. You know, there's a there's a temptation to think that just because I've you know got decades, that somehow all of the bad stuff is gone, and that's so I could be that man. I'm sure I am that man. I don't want to stand up here this morning and make you think I'm not. But I also know that there are many of us in here who, if we look at ourselves like we've been challenged this morning and say, God, I'm going to pursue you with everything that's in me that, you know, if we're going to go in front of the king, we need to be dressed properly. <laughs> we need to have the right, we need to have the right clothes on, you know? I mean, it's cool to come to church, you know, based on the tradition I grew up in. It's cool to come to church and wear jeans and a polo shirt because that's not how I grew up. But let me tell you, <laughs> if I was going to meet the man, <laughs> you know, if I was going to meet the president of our company or... I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go in jeans and a polo shirt. When we come before the king, thank God we don't serve a God who looks at our outward adornment, right? He doesn't look at that. That's of no consequence to him. His eyes are totally looking at the inward part of us. And what, how are we clothed inwardly? Am I clothed with humility? Am I clothed? with vulnerability? Am I clothed with a heart that says, please speak into my life? Am I clothed with righteousness and peace? And So anyway, so that's my, um, that's what I got. Jesus, and if you see anything good in me, it's him, <laughs> and I am an excited bride. I can hardly wait until he gets here, <laughs> you know. and uh, I recently, I've been diagnosed with uh, an aortic aneurysm, and I'm not accepting it, and I have to uh, go see a cardiologist and find out what this is all about. It was kind of getting me down. And I thought, wait a minute. I'm the bride. 
I have the greatest authority in the earth right now because my king and my husband lives in me. And this, we are in just, the Gentile bride does not really know her Jewish husband. And that's the cry of my heart. I want to know him. Really, really know him. I want to know his Hebrew mind. I want to know how he thinks and he feels. And when he looks at me, and when I look at him and I look at reality, I want to see it with his eyes. Not my own eyes, which distorts so much. Not with religious eyes. Not with even a Greek mind. But how he looks and sees things. And I am in the classroom right now. I'm 84. But my father is teaching me about my bridegroom. And I love it. That's, that's a burning heart right there. It's a burning heart. It's a burning heart. Yes, sir, what's your name? been coming here and visiting you guys, um, and I've been truly blessed by uh, today's message, and uh, it's amazing to see the Holy Spirit's timing, how impe- impeccable it is. Um, so, to strengthen you and what God has showed you, that's what God showed me last night, that the, my bride came to visit me and that I wasn't ready. has been uh, putting it on my heart more and more to commune with him, to spend time with him, and that's where all my prayers are going to be answered, and I'm doing everything in the world except having that fellowship every single morning, and um, I've been so strengthened by the, the message today. That was three, but I feel like if there's one more just burning, just come up real quick. If there's one more, there's one more. Okay, I knew there was one. Are you coming, Phyllis? Okay. She just wanted to walk down the aisle with her king. Come and marry your king. He's waiting for you. and it was a big ship and I was on the top rail of this boat and 
I just looked out upon the sea and there was this white horse just as it says in Revelations 19 and I saw behold a white horse and said on the white horse he was called faithful true righteous judge that makes the war and I believe that God has the ability to make that war for that whiteness of that horse as he rode upon that sea and how that the war of the ocean was just being tossed to and fro and I had the privilege of being able to observe that just from a place of solidness I wasn't being tossed to and fro at the time that it was taking place. And, and I remember that there was this baby, and I just yelled out, catch the baby, catch the baby, because around the white horse was just great um, evidence of creatures that were coming out of the, the ocean trying to grab hold of that baby and just tear it up and and the one on the white horse swooped down and grabbed hold of that baby and it was the baby was just wrapped up in clothing of and just completely sheltered and covered and just as as the baby of the birth of Jesus Christ was. I mean, just completely shielded and covered. And, and I just had the privilege of being able to be reminded of that today. His faithfulness is always, always, always faithful. So faithful. He will never leave you without anything that you need to understand the difference between needs, wants, and desires. He recognizes all of those. And it's such a privilege to be locked in and to be called his bride, to be called his daughter, to be called his friend, to be called his servant, to be called his lover, to be called faithful, to be called and dependent upon, that any time that he calls upon us, that we all say yes and amen. And what do you want from us, Lord? And we will follow, and we will follow, and we will run. And I just declare that of all of us will be lovesick for our lover, that will we be lovesick for him, and that we will look upon him of the of the one that is upon that white horse and he will come someday and he will gather up his bride and he will take us all home for the glory of God, for the glory of the King. Wow, I just feel if it's appropriate, if it's okay, we could go into one more worship song together. Is that okay with everybody? Is that okay? Let's stand to our feet and let's worship.